important this is Adikeet and I host the evening show on 94.3 Radio 1 and me along with Fabian sir getting you politics for dummies where we understand politics then and now we understand politics right and left so what are you waiting for put on your headphones and strap on because you are gonna have a ride of your life welcome joining us today is Mr. Fabian Alright, after two successful podcasts said by my mom and my dad, I'm here once again in a class for politics. This is episode number three. It's called Politics for Dummies. My name is Aniketa. I host the evening show on 94.3 Radio 1. Joining me is Mr. Fabian, aka Professor Fabian for us. He's actually not a professor, but he's here once again. Uh, Fabian, how's... How's life, man? How's How are you doing today? Well, life has been busy, but, uh, you know, good um, spring has uh, broken out. Delhi is experiencing a heat wave right now while we are talking. Well, spring was, uh, what shall I say, ephemeral. <laughs> okay, talking about things that were ephemeral, things that created a lot of ruckus in our life, the ever-given... Uh, container ship that was stuck in the Suez Canal. This is not the episode, by the way. We're just talking about creations and uh, we're talking about things that created a problem globally. Ever given at this point of time that was stuck in the Suez Canal finally is out. So why is the Suez Canal so important in the, the global trade? Well, as we know, when Vasco da Gama came, there was no Suez Canal. Yeah. And he had to go around Africa yeah. to reach uh, Asia. Actually, he reached Calicut, yeah. which is in Kerala, where uh-huh. I come from. Ah. <laughs> okay. But uh, with the Suez Canal, it's much shorter. Yeah. And that makes a big difference to world trade and even, you know, sailing. All right. So, does this have like the, the, the container ship that was stuck diagonally blocking the entire canal? <laughs> does this have a very big impact on the world trade because somewhere around 300 ships were stuck in that canal? That's right, because, you know, it is a very important uh, lifeline for world trade. But what I don't understand is that why didn't they have a rule which said, you know, that a ship of uh, length longer than the specified length should not be going there? I mean, maybe now they can work on these rules. And talking about things that created a lot of problem in the world... 2020 saw uh, China creating a lot of problem for a lot of people, man. And here's the actual reason why we're doing episode number three. This is Politics for Dummies. And today we're talking about Quad 2.0. This is not a muscle on your leg. It's a very important thing that America kind of wanted to have. And this is finally happening. So, uh, Fabian, what exactly is Quad 2.0? 
Okay, let's look at the word quad. You know, suppose you are in a college. Yeah. There is a quadrangle. Yeah. Now that was called quad. Yeah. You know, as a short form. Mm -hmm. Now, in this case, it means a quadrilateral security dialogue. Yeah. Quadrilateral means four, four way. parties are involved. Uh, India, Japan, Australia and the United States. Yeah. That is why it is called Quad. Mm -hmm. Now, it started in uh, 2004 when there was a tsunami. Oh, yeah. And uh, then uh, these countries uh, sort of cooperated in uh, giving relief to the victims. So at that time, it was that. But then by 2007, 2008, Prime Minister Abe of Japan wanted to make it a little more political. Okay. And, uh, but even then, you know, Australia joined. But then uh, another Australian Prime Minister, uh, he came and he didn't want it. So it went back. Okay. <laughs> Australia went back. Okay, okay. They, okay. they backtracked, huh? Then by 2017, it got more uh, energy because okay. of Trump. Okay. Foreign ministers started meeting. Till then, you know, the PRs will meet or the foreign ministers will meet, but very informally. Okay. But they met in 2017 and now there was a big meeting at the summit level. All right. In March. Okay. You March see? 12th, yeah. Yeah. So that was a big thing. And they came out with a joint statement, as you know. And so one may say that Quad has become, has grown up. Okay, finally. After 2007, 10 years, 13, 14, 14 years old. Yeah. It's been 14 years since Quad happened. So Quad, is it a, a political, uh, business, economic, uh, what kind of, a, you know, congregation? What is it exactly? If you have to just sum it up in one word. Quad is for economics, Quad is for alliance, for army, what? What exactly it is for? Well, let me first of all say what it's not. Okay. It's not an Asian NATO. Okay. Okay. At the same time, the primary purpose of Quad is to contain China. Mm. Not necessarily militarily at this stage. We can do contain China non-militarily, okay. softly, okay. economically, okay. culturally, diplomatically. So that's what it's all about. All right. All right. So now we know what Quad is. So... Um, because right now we're trying to, let's say, isolate China here. We're trying to, you know, push them out. So what is China's reaction when the Quad summit took place? Well, uh, let me make it clear. We are not trying to isolate China. Okay, good. We have some issues with China's behavior. True. Whether it is at Uyghur, you know, where people are sort of in camps, yeah. A minority is being... Uh, you know, troubled. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Or uh, whether it is towards Taiwan. Yeah. Or towards Hong Kong. Yeah. Or otherwise, we want to see a change in China's behavior. We are not against China. We are not ganging up against China. Okay. But we are putting our heads together and working together so that uh, where necessary, we uh, cooperate with China. Where necessary, we compete with China. And... If necessary, we confront China. Ah. If necessary. Okay. That's like the last straw in the whole scenario. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
fine that is what it is now um india is trying to become the biggest uh, manufacturing hub because when it comes to manufacturing and making a lot of things china has become kind of the monopolistic place because of its cheap labor and readily available ingredients and you know cores and mines etc etc and of course the labor exploitation uh what are the pros and cons of india's involvement i'm talking like a pro here but i have zero idea <laughs> so you are the pro help me understand will uh, india benefit or not india will benefit okay it's like this you know china has become almost almost the workshop of the world true you know what i mean yeah yeah you know we use uh, printers when we have a computer yeah i don't think it uh, makes any sense that seven out of six printers should be made in china yeah because then a stage will come we will not be able to import anything because we won't have the money yeah in any case mm-hmm. nations uh, have to look after themselves and we also need employment oh true <laughs> not Very only true. china yeah so i think something has gone wrong with globalization yeah china has benefited the most from it to the disadvantages of others so this has to be corrected you know okay. india has got even deindustrialized because it started importing goods from china china you know i know of a guy who used to work with me in the morning he was um, buying uh, wrist watches in bulk okay and giving to even companies like hindustan times and all theirs because they send out gifts okay but at some point he stopped buying from india he started importing from china because they were inexpensive inexpensive you know so i think we have to do something about it so that our this process of deindustrialization is reversed all right all right that is that is a lot of emphasis on this this topic okay um, like i completely understand there are certain things that india cannot produce immediately like mobile phones and computers and other gadgets according to you now this is something like off subject off syllabus according to you where can india do self industrialization or create you know things that we don't have to import like what are the smaller smaller things okay let's start with an example pharmaceuticals okay where india is certainly a giant yeah and as you know for covid-19 yeah we had the vaccine uh, here after the quad summit india is going to make 1 billion doses of johnson and johnson yeah there will be some funding from the united states and uh, australia will sort of uh, help with logistics mm-hmm. japan also will chip in mm-hmm. but india is the manufacturing unit yes which is very important now but there again there are certain materials which we need which we used to import from china yeah okay so what we have to do is that what they call the supply chain yeah there are critical supply chains you know it's all globalized yeah so i've got everything here nine out of 10 stuff yeah to make a watch yeah but i don't have the 10th one huh then i'm dependent on that yeah so we are also working on that supply chain okay in a manner so that china does not dominate again i repeat we don't want to eliminate china we don't want them to dominate but we want other options also okay cool makes sense there there it is that's that's what we need to understand now uh when this entire uh, quad meeting happened in 2007 now this is this is from the brilliant mind of our producer ankita when this happened in 2007 uh, australia kind of backed down you also mentioned this 
what changed between 2007 and 2020 apart from the pandemic that china has caused what changed that created uh, this importance that uh, you know australia should also be a part of this quad or generally this is very important that china needs to be in check yeah you know what happened was such in australia there was a new prime minister rudd okay he is a china scholar ah and uh, it's slightly what's a sinophil pro china okay so he took australia out okay and then we were asking for uranium i mean australia is a big uh, producer of uranium yeah and you know we needed it yeah they didn't give it okay then only after he left <laughs> then we secured then the new prime minister gave it to us yeah. and they started slowly coming back you see So okay. that is the Australia story. Okay. But we also have to understand that uh, between Australia and China there's a big trade relationship. Yeah. 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 So China is in a position to put pressure on Australia. Okay. Which they have done. Which they have done and this is becoming a problem. We need to change all of this. So apart from Australia, what were the two big things or what is that one big thing that kind of changed since 2007 and 2020? 2007 2020 in the united states yeah. there's an across the board that is democrats and the republican across yeah. the board consensus that china is a new rival okay that china's rise peaceful or not mm. has to be reversed okay you see so that is a very important uh, development and as you see biden also is in a manner of speaking following trump's policy but without that uh, you know impulsiveness yeah this is thoughtful created you know that's in, right okay yeah. cool cool little, cool little more of mature diplomacy yeah. though i wish it were more mature okay cool there there could be uh, again there is a room for improvement there is room for maturity like they say uh, and now uh, this is this is something which is very important uh, what is america to gain out of this Now I understand that India gains say job and money and Japan makes become Japan takes away a lot of other things because it's very close to China so China can Japan can rival China there Australia and China have a nice trade going on and they don't want monopoly there and they don't want that pressure from China so Australia also is there but what has America to gain with this it's just this power that they're scared of is america scared of china's power in general that's why they're doing this it's like this china wants to co-equal the united states at some point of time and then overtake it okay china has the middle kingdom complex that is we are the center of the world okay we are the most civilized okay to the extent uh, you are close to us you behave you imitate us you are civilized okay okay so that is one thing so china is determined to be number one okay and united states is also is equally determined to remain number one okay that's point number one point number two is that america has an unsustainable trade balance with china trade imbalance with china okay unsustainable meaning it comes to about one and a half billion a day the import from china okay and it becomes almost 1 billion a day the deficit 1 billion 
dollars a day. That's the a deficit. Lot. That's a lot of money. Okay, and then Ameri- China holds American dollars, mm-hmm. the treasury bonds. So China is a economic superpower. Okay. Soviet Union was never an economic superpower. Okay. Military superpower. Uh-huh. In terms of nuclear weapons, mad, mutually yeah. assured destruction. Okay. But never an economic superpower. Yeah. Now China's challenge is different. Okay. Okay. That's 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 scary. That's absolutely scary. So, uh, will USA do anything to undermine China's attempts to become number one, or this is going to be like a very tensed situation this is going to be this imbalance this this entire situation is going to be like this for a while till the time that one party uh problem that china has like one party just rules throughout that will change will will that be a change there well there are a couple of questions in what you said yeah i mean i am curious i really want to know but let's let's stick to the okay. fact yeah let's okay. stick the first okay. one let me start with the last okay that is whether the one party rule yeah. chinese communist party yeah. ccp yeah whether it will change yeah well anything can happen but i doubt it okay in the near future okay we can only see for the next 3 to 4 to 5 years okay we can't see 20 years later true. what will happen true okay yeah so that is one thing but i think china's rise that can be stopped and reversed because don't forget that china as i said earlier benefited from globalization yeah now if globalization is getting a little what shall i say uh, adjusted okay corrected corrected yeah okay then china's uh, economy exports will suffer only thing is that we have to bear in mind that china is such a huge country so their domestic consumption can go up Ah. to counterbalance the fall in exports okay but nevertheless there are limits to it mm-hmm. okay so china's rise can be either reversed or it can be slowed down and that is certainly going to happen okay it is going to slow down yeah yeah now now that we can see that this is happening we can slow it down will uh, uh will the quad become a bigger alliance will there be more countries joining the quad is i mean like from quad will it become a rhombus and i don't know a hexagon or something like that very soon quite possible because france has said that it wants to take part in the next malabar exercises mm. in november this year i think okay okay uk also there are some signals okay then vietnam yes vietnam 100% and if it is vietnam then i don't know philippines Probably. you know what i mean yeah. so there is a possibility i would say good chance of quad expanding all right so not only a quadrilateral yeah it could be a pentagon or a sexagon yeah why not why not right there and uh, i pretty much think this is what it is i have all my questions answered in today's class if anybody has more questions you can always get in touch with us we've got hd smartcast on instagram uh, fabian sir is here you can send questions on hd smartcast instagram and we'll try to answer them is that cool is that i it was fantastic okay cool you're going with you to cord okay <laughs> All right guys uh stay safe stay happy we'll come back with another topic next week uh this is Aniket saying bye bye Fabian thank you so much thank you bye 
This was a Radio One production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.